What's up, mass murder gang, and welcome to another episode of The Parasite Files. I'm your host, Janine. I also have a podcast called Mass Murder Talk that I do with my husband, Tony. However, I do these episodes by myself. These episodes are not as structured as my Mass Murder Talk episodes, and I will not go in depth as much as I do. These episodes will be more about giving you the information on a smaller scale. These episodes will be a little bit more laid back. I'll be bringing you a little bit more of my personality into them. So as y'all know, I will always try to be respectful, but I will always give my honest opinion. Sometimes people think my opinions are a little harsh, but hey, it is what it is. So for those of you that don't know, parasite is the killing of a parent or parents or another near relative. Disclaimer, I am not a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist in any way. I give y'all the information that I have and I filter it through my eyes. At the end, I always ask, what do y'all think? And then I give my opinion. I will put out a warning for this episode. Uh, A lot of what this person did to their parents was very graphic. So I just want everyone to be prepared for that. With all that out of the way, let's start the episode. This episode is about Joel Guy Jr., who on November 25th, 2016, in Knoxville, Tennessee, killed and dismembered his 61-year-old father, Joel Guy Sr., and his 55-year-old mother, Lisa Guy. Joel Sr. was a retired pipeline engineer, and Lisa Guy was a human resources accounts payable administrator, and she was also planning to retire. Joel Sr. had three daughters from a previous marriage, and together they had their son, Joel Guy Jr. The couple had been married for 31 years. So prosecutors, as they were putting this case together, they alleged that uh, Joel Guy Jr. began planning his parents' murder uh, sometime after they told him that they were planning on retiring and they were going to sell the house and cut him off financially. Now, check this out. Joel would receive $500,000 in life insurance if both of his parents went missing or they were dead. So as we can see, we already have a motive. So let's get into this. Joel Michael Guy Jr. was born March 13th, 1988. And some of his relatives would call him Joel Michael just so that they could distinguish him from his father. Joel's half-sister said that he was reclusive and he rarely left his room, but he was intellectually competent. He was never able to establish relationships with anyone inside or outside the family, but they said his mother doted on him. He graduated from the Louisiana School for Math and Science and Arts in 2006. According to the family, Joel didn't work and he had no plans on working or getting any type of job. He had always been supported by his family. Lisa Guy's friends had allegedly said that he had worked tirelessly. Well, she had worked tirelessly, I'm sorry to give her only son most of her paycheck. He spent one semester at George Washington University, then attended Louisiana State University. He lived in Baton Rouge until 2016 when the murders happened. So I'm sorry y'all, but this one already to me is looking and sounding entitled. He didn't want to work, he refused to work, and it sounds to me like he just expected his parents to take care of him for the rest of their lives. So let's fast forward to around the time of the murders. 
Sometime in November 2016, the guys were planning to sell their Knoxville home, and that's when they planned to retire and go to Sir Goingsville. I hope I said that right. I hope I don't offend any of my Tennessee people, which is about an hour and 20 minutes away from Knoxville. Guy Jr. and his three half-sisters and the parents attended their last event at the Knoxville house on Thanksgiving, November 24th, 2016. So the prosecutors are thinking that Guy Jr. started uh, sometime in November when the parents told him that they were planning on selling the house. That's when he started what they call, quote, the book of premeditation, end quote. So, okay, apparently this guy is sick. I'm telling y'all, this motherfucker made an outline on how he was going to murder and destroy his parents' remains. I don't know how many pages he actually had, but I'm going to tell y'all what was on the first page. The list is long, so bear with me. And it's a little graphic, so I'm sorry about that. So on the list, he had get killing knives, quiet and multiple, get carving knives too to make small pieces, get a sledgehammer to crush bones, bring a blender and a food grinder to grind meat, get bleach, denature proteins, get a plastic bin for denature and process. Doesn't matter where they're killed, just get rid of the bloody spots to prevent evidence of the time of death, not on the mattresses or couches, Get rid of the bodies inside the house. Their DNA and my DNA are already there. And then he had open up the donkey door to provide entryway. But then he scratched that out. And then he said he needs to be blamed, not the intruder. Flush chunks down the toilet, not the garbage disposal. Get plastic sheeting for the disposal process. Get hollow point bullets just in case. Then he scratched that out and he said, we'll be seeing buying bullets. Use the computer room or the computer gun that's in the, well, use the gun that's in the computer room. Sorry, y'all. Check to make sure there are bullets. That's a last resort. He is not alive to claim her half of the insurance money, all mine, $500,000. Obviously, he's talking about his father. Flood the house. It covers up forensic evidence. Turn the heater up as high as it goes. It speeds decomp. Bleach reacts with luminol, just like blood. Douse area with bleach. A big sprayer, lye, trash compactor. And I'm guessing it gives the body a time of death an alibi. Don't have to get rid of the body if there's no forensic evidence on the body his fingerprints, and his DNA. So that was the list. That was the premeditation list he had made when he found out that his parents were planning to retire, sell their home, and he was going to have to find a way to make it on his own. Mind you, this is a grown-ass man. This is not a kid. This is not a 16 or a 17-year-old. We're talking a grown man. So again, no one knew exactly when Guy started his murder plan, but as early as November 7th, he was seen on several surveillance cameras 
buying the supplies that he would later use to murder and try to dissolve his parents. He used cash for all his transactions and used self-checkout most of the time. He had purchased several items at Ace Hardware, including muriatic acid and food-grade hydrogen peroxide. And on November 19th, he was seen at an Academy Sports buying a K-Bar knife. On November 21st, he is captured on camera at Walmart in Knoxville buying uh, plastic totes uh, big enough for the dismembered bodies to dissolve in. So let's move on to November 25th. So it was reported that Lisa Guy didn't show up to work on Friday, November 25th. It was supposed to be her last day before she retired. So of course she's going to go to work. Of course her coworkers are probably planning on throwing her a party, wishing her well. You know, what most people do when you retire. But her coworkers couldn't get in touch with her. And they said it wasn't like her to not show up. They were calling and calling, but they couldn't get an answer. At this point, her co-workers were worried and they called the police and they asked the police to do a welfare check. The police got to the house and immediately noticed something was a little off. The house was for sale, but there was no real estate lock on the door. They looked through the front door and they could see groceries like ice cream and sausage and bacon. And it was just sitting on the floor in the foyer. So at this point, the police are extremely suspicious. So they go around to the back of the house and they notice that the doorknob had been removed and placed on the front door. They could also feel heat emanating from the house and there was an odd chemical smell. They were able to gain entry to the house by using a garage door opener that they found in Guy Sr.'s car. So the police enter the home and they notice that the thermostat was set to 90 degrees. I'm assuming that's as high as it would go. They see a table with Joel and Lisa's wallets and a sledgehammer sitting on top. They also see another table with long guns. Okay, so from here, y'all, it gets a little gruesome. Just giving y'all fair warning. So the police continue to search the house and they pass the groceries they have seen through the door. And in the kitchen, they found a stock pot boiling on the stove. Later, investigators discovered that that pot had the decapitated head of Lisa Guy. Y'all, I have a pretty strong stomach, but this shit here, this is on, on some other level type shit. I can't. So the sheriff's deputies who reported the crime scene were to have said to have a physical reaction to the smell. Now, I don't know if they threw up, if they were choking or what it didn't say they just said had a physical reaction at this point the police are checking upstairs and they start to go down the hallway and they can hear a dog bark the dog was locked in a bedroom so as they look further down the hall they can see blood spattered walls and they discover joel senior's dismembered hands on the floor with large spots of blood on the rug so let me tell y'all something i saw pictures of this crime scene and it was truly one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen in my life. I do a lot of these episodes similar to this and so far this one's the worst one. So obviously by now the police are horrified by what they're seeing. They continue to search the house and in the bathroom they find Joel and Lisa's dismembered corpses 
sitting in two 45 gallon tubs in the homemade acidic solution that he had used, that he had created. It was such a hazardous situation, the investigators had to wear hazmat suits. The authorities aren't exactly sure when the guys were killed, but they were assuming that it was sometime between the 25th and the 26th. So authorities are just like, this is one of the most horrific things we have ever encountered in law enforcement. So I'm not really sure what put Guy Jr. on the police radar. I'm guessing because he was the last one to be known to be seen in that house with the guys. And after the murders, they couldn't find him. So remember, Guy Jr. was still living in Baton Rouge at the time. And he was arrested, which was the day after they found the bodies. The FBI arrested him outside of his Baton Rouge apartment. He was walking to his car and they actually found a meat grinder in his car. So during the interview with the police, he did say, well, Guy Jr. did say that he had visited his parents over the Thanksgiving holiday. At that time, he didn't disclose a motive, but he did tell the detectives that he did talk to his parents about money. So I'm guessing at this point, the police figure they got the right person in custody. Joel Jr. was charged with two counts of first degree murder, felony murder, and abuse of a corpse. During the trial, the state prosecutors warned the families and the victim's families in the courtroom to leave if they felt like they would be overwhelmed emotionally. The prosecutor started by describing how Joel Sr. died. He suffered 42 sharp force injuries, I'm assuming from being stabbed. And the 12 of the injuries were so brutal that there were scratches and severs to his rib cage. So could you imagine how much force and anger and rage it would take to do that to someone? I mean, let alone your fucking parents. So there was severe damage to Guy Sr.'s lungs, kidney, and liver. He also had a shoulder injury that was so severe that a fragment of the weapon was found in his muscle tissue. Guy Sr.'s hands were severed at the wrist, his arms were severed at the shoulder, and his legs removed at the hip. And according to court records, his foot was severed at the ankle. His bloody clothes was cut off his body and left on the floor. And it was said that he fought for his life. He was not going down without a fight. So according to the court transcripts, Lisa Guy was stabbed 31 times. that caused 21 severe injuries, stab wounds to her uh, buttock area and severed nine of her ribs. Her clothes were also cut off and left on the floor. Her arms were severed at the shoulder and her legs were cut off below the knees. Again, could you imagine how much force it would take to stab someone to sever nine of their ribs? I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this one, y'all. The shit he did to his parents was unfathomable. So, of course, Joel Guy Jr. was found guilty 
and he was sentenced to life in prison on October 2nd, 2020. During his sentencing, the judge stated that this was the most extreme form of abuse of a corpse he had seen in his 25-year career. The judge also was reported saying that Guy Jr. showed no remorse during the trial, and he even appeared proud of his actions. He also said that Guy Jr. has a depraved mind and that he would never change over time. Guy Jr. was ultimately sentenced to 130 years in prison, so obviously he will never get out. He is serving his time at the Northwest Correctional Complex in Tiptonville, Tennessee. So, what do y'all think? Do y'all think this was some type of mental illness or pure greed? Do you think that his parents spoiled him and just let him fuck off in life? My personal opinion, he was a lazy, spoiled asshole. And when he found out his parents were planning to live out their retirement that they worked for, and they were going to tell him he was going to be cut off, he felt like this was his only option. I feel like his parents should have made their grown-ass son get up and do something with his life. I feel like they let his entitlement go on way too long. And when he found out he was at risk of losing their support, in his mind, that was something that he couldn't wrap his head around. He didn't like not, he just couldn't understand or just was not ready to accept the fact that he was going to have to find a way to live on his own. And he was going to continue living the way he was living even if he had to kill his parents. So I'm sorry if that came off a little harsh, but if you're a true listener of mine, you know that I've lost both of my parents and I would do anything to have my parents back. So to sit here and do episodes like this about spoiled kids who don't get their way, it annoys me a little bit. Anyway, thank y'all for listening. I really do appreciate it. Please go follow me on Spotify. It helps my podcast name to get out there more and to be heard on more platforms. Talk to y'all in the next one, Mass Murder Gang. Deuces.